I am the old codger, and tonight's show is a rerun. Now, now, this would seem to be an impossibility, because old codger programs are not recorded. They are heard on the radio only once when I host them. However, thanks to the Del Barton time machine, we are able to transport the listeners to December 11th, 2007, to hear the old codger show that aired on that date on WFMU. The Del Barton time machine is a proud sponsor of the Old Codger Show. This luxury, chrono-elastic revisitation mechanism offers the smoothest intergenerational transport. No confusing warps, no rotating black holes, no buffering, and no turbulence. All transport modules provide extra legroom. Child-free sections are available. Guaranteed safe arrival in the dimension of your choice. Del Barton provides premium pods, offering snacks, cocktails, and foot rubs, administered by attractive, decommissioned airline stewardesses from the 1950s. You will be returned to the present in the same condition you left, and with each ride back in time, you are awarded bonus years. Cell phone use and picture-taking is prohibited, and if changes are made to your time travel itinerary, surcharges may apply. Another fine product from Del Barton Diversified. And now, let's return to the Old Codger Show from December 11th, 2007. And that includes a special guest appearance of my agent, Lola Bell Pancake. Star. I'm not very far. I can always wander to someone up yonder that's just as sweet as angels are. Just halfway to heaven, you'll find a cottage small. Halfway to heaven, beside a garden wall. Where butterflies are flirting Out in the sun Behind the kitchen curtain Someone's cooking While she's looking Out of the window To hear that old refrain I whistle As I walk down the lane Then she meets me halfway Halfway up the pathway That's halfway to heaven and you
Yeah, sorry, but cut the record off. <laughs> You're too soon. I'm terribly sorry about that. I lifted the needle. And we missed the final notes of that 78 RPM record. Actually, they're not there. That was the end of the record. That was Django Reinhardt, the great uh, guitar player. People wonder how, how could Django Reinhardt play guitar so fabulously? Well, it was a little-known fact. Little-known, because nobody noticed that uh, Django Reinhardt had 16 fingers. Yeah, we had four on each hand. So we heard uh, Exactly Like You by Django Reinhardt. Before that was ukulele. I had the great Cliff Edwards. And Halfway to Heaven. I'm the old catcher here at WFMU. And I want to say I've been talking to some of the staffers lately here at WFMU. These people, they're a bunch of chronic depressives and pessimists. Did I mention that two weeks ago? Am I repeating myself? Well, that happens when you get old. You repeat yourself, and you forget you said it before. That happens when you get old. You know, they, they say about memory, memory is such a... Mem- memory is such a... What is it they say? Memory is such a... Anyway, anyway, you know the old saying. The old saying, life is... Something other, and we are all just something in the something, and then you die or something. Anyway, maybe it's not such an old saying, maybe it's new, and it hasn't even been finished yet. And no wonder I couldn't remember it. Well, it never existed, so I never had a chance to forget it. But I'm just blattering. Okay, maybe I can get a job on national public radio or something. That fits right in. Well, anyway, I've got so little time. So much to say, and so much music to play. So it's not, it's difficult. I don't know what to do next. Talk or play fabulous 70 RPM records. Well, I guess I'll play the music. So we got something here from Henry Burr. I tried cleaning this record up, but it's very, very noisy. But I love that surface noise. Oh, another to introduce to mother. 
Season it with you Mix them all together With a little balmy weather That's my recipe for love Take a little bit of huggin' And mix it with a kiss Add a little moonlight Top it off with bliss Be sure your heart is in it Then you cook it for a minute That's my recipe for love Cookin' fancy dishes is not my specialty but when it comes to loving i use this recipe take a little loving he and a bit of loving me mix it with a heartthrob stir with ecstasy kindle with desire when it's done your heart's afire that's my recipe for
Cooking fancy dishes is not my specialty. But when it comes to loving, I use this recipe. Take a little loving he and a bit of loving me. Mix it with the heartthrob, stir with ecstasy. Kindle with desire when it's done your heart's afire. That's my recipe for love. My recipe, my recipe for love. Man, we heard some good music there. It's hard to hear. When I'm on the radio, Henry Burr did She's Everybody's Sweetheart But Nobody's Gal. A very cautionary tale. Young ladies out there. Uh, the Duncan sisters did Bullfrog Patrol. And then we heard uh, Joanne Lear. And she did a Recipe for Love. Well, speaking of recipes for love, I... Told you I was with some of the people who work at the WFMU station here. And there was this one, this girl, she works here, some broad, some sweet patootie, some female jackanapes. I forget her name. She's going on about, save the animals, we got to save the animals, save the seals, save the polar bears, save the bald eagles, save the frosted toad, save the three-toed sloth, uh, save the wild pandas, she says. She's going on and on about this. And I'm like, I agree. I, you got to save the wild pandas. You got you got to save them for panda steaks. You got to be good to animals. I, I I'm in concurrence. You know what's good for animals? Sautéed mushrooms and garlic sage dressing. Yum yum. I say, all God's creatures have a place at the table. Right next to the stuffed peppers. You know when I visit the zoo, it's like taking a walking tour through the food chain. And they post signs that say, don't feed the animals. Yeah, but there's no restrictions the other way. Or, you know, some people bring cameras to the zoo. I bring a knife, a fork, and a spice rack. Hey, this is the old Codger here, by the way, on WFMU, the, uh, the Filco Cheap Cigar Boudoir. Yes. Yes, speaking of food, I had this friend, he was 1940s, uh, Gordon von Recklinghausen. Was his name? They called him the Human Pencil. Anyway, he had this very large dog, it was bigger than him, and this dog did something really marvelous. He ate the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, they weren't very good neighbors. And the Scobic twins, Clyde and Kirby, and their mother, Crustacea. Anyway, they were nasty. They were mean. They were heartless. Kind of like me. I'm <laughs> just kidding, of course. Anyway, the dog complained that the meat was so tough after he ate them. Ah, they were not missed. Not even the police who came to investigate, they didn't ask too many questions. The Scobics, uh, their next of kin, came looking for them because they didn't answer the phone, they didn't uh, reply to any of the letters they were sending, but uh, we, we disguised the Scobic house uh, as an amusement park, and uh, so they didn't recognize it, and they got totally confused, and they left. And then we burned the place down. <laughs> yes, those were the good old days. <laughs> yes. I'm just recollecting here some of the fine things I remember from uh, my uh, second or third or fourth childhood. You lose track after the seventh, you know. Anyway, we got some Wingy Manon and his orchestra here with more songs about food on WFMU uh, with the old codger. Black coffee, I see double. Man, 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 I'm not gonna get home. 
Black coffee, I'm so dizzy. Black coffee, please get busy. Oh, 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 help me to get home. I had lost too much poopy soup. All I meant to take one. And now my head is going loopy loop. Some stuffy kid. Oh, black coffee, help a fella. Black coffee, what I tell her. Man, 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 I'm afraid to go home.
Butter beans and sushi, which I'm, I'll put you under the jail. The Roaring Lion before that, some great Calypso, he did a rumba dance, and uh, Wingy Manone and his orchestra with Black Coffee, song about Black Coffee. Hey, I want this is the old codger on WFMU. I've got shoes older than you. I wanted to remind you, you pup, you, you, forget it. Anyway, hey, look, I'm very excited. I want to play a very rare recording from 1929 from an old friend of mine broadcasting. You know, I complained a few weeks ago, speaking of pups, these young upstarts in radio, these newcomers who think they know it all, like Paul Harvey. You know, they come along and think they own the place. Well, they don't know nothing. Nothing compared to William K. Henderson. They used to call him Doggone. Doggone Henderson. He worked at KWKH in Shreveport, Louisiana. He's an old buddy of mine. K-A-W-K-H stood for W.K. Henderson. I forget what the K stood for. I guess it was Western Mississippi. Anyway, he used to do radio on his station. He owned it. He was the owner and the president of the Henderson Iron Works and Supply Company. And he bought a radio station. And he used to come on and play great music. And he would swear. We can't do that anymore. But this was before the FCC came along and spoiled everything for everybody he could say whatever he wants. Back uh, W.K. Henderson could. He'd come on and he'd be totally drunk. He'd yell at his listeners who sent him angry letters. He'd, what's the matter with you? He'd say, you sawed off, hammered down, pusillanimous lollipop. I'd say things like that, but he'd also say other words as well that I can't repeat on the radio. And he, he really hated the, the, we call the FRC, the Federal Radio Commission. And he would unleash a tirade of Billingsgate semi-profanity and vulgar abuse. Just the sort of thing I love. Anyway, I have a recording that he made in 1929. Well, uh, it's called Hello World. He was also known as Hello World Henderson because that was his uh, radio sort of uh, slogan. He yelled it out at his listeners who loved him before they chased him off the air by making all sorts of rules like you can't swear on the radio. 
That's so stupid. Anyway, I got this recording from 1929. I got it from uh, my friend uh, Blossom Moskowitz. She found it in my house, actually. It was mine, but I forgot I had it. So it's a very rare. Now, there's a lot of rumble. You'll hear this, uh, this terrible rumble. But you gotta listen closely, because he's speaking very important message. Uh, W.K. Henderson, from 1929, on a 78 RPM disc. Hello, world. It's 8 o'clock. This is old man Henderson talking to you. This is a phonograph record, and I'm having this record made in order that the people throughout the United States may know conditions when they cannot hear us on radio. My friends, this station KWTH is supposed to be on 850 kilo cycles, and we are being interfered with by several other stations, powerful stations. The WABC in New York, that's a chain outfit. They drowned us out up in that part of the country, doggone them. Then that's that field rare back outfit. And WLF in Chicago and WENR. They have plenty of power, and while they may be on their wavelength, they sideswipe us all over the country, doggone them. I want to say this to you, my good friends and listeners. I don't believe that those stations are doing this perfectly. The fault is with the Federal Radio Commission engineers. They have put these stations too close together. There should be a separation of more kill cycles. But I'll say this. If I was at one of these chain stations, I'll guarantee they'd clear it up mighty quick. My friends, I want you, every one of you, to demand of that branch of the government, the Federal Radio Commission, that they have their engineers to figure out these channels, 850 kilocycles, that we may use, that you may hear us, that we will not be interfered with. There's no excuse for this. All the chain stations are using the uh, fed channels, the best wavelength, and they should be put on one wavelength, giving space for independent stations. But that's not the idea this day and time. The idea is to chain everything. Confound it, reflect, take it. You want to write to your senators. You want to write to your congressmen. And you want to demand that the independent stations have equal rights as to the kilocycles and as to power and so forth. It is all wrong to have all these chain stations on different wavelengths. They can be put on one wavelength, and they know it can be done, and it should be done. Doggone it. Yeah, that was William K. Henderson, W.K. Henderson, doggone Henderson, hello world Henderson, old man Henderson. He's an old friend of mine, and he was complaining there about the chain stations, about the loss of the uh, great independent stations like the one that he had. He also hated the chain stores. Yes, he was a man who was fiercely independent and independently wealthy, and uh, he could independently insult anybody. And he had a huge listenership, and I miss him. He passed away in 1945 or so. He was a great friend of mine. Well, anyway, that's the only recording I have by William K. Henderson. So now we go back to some music on the old Codger radio show, on WFMU, I got some uh, Ethel Waters. Yes. Shake that 
He shook her like you shake jelly on the plate. How he shook that plate.
fine show for my mighty fine man. It's pink ribbons and bows and my pantyhose. I'm your curly toes and pink ribbons and bows and just for you wear my black pantyhose. For you, for you, black pantyhose, it's the best of my clothes, my ribbons and bows and black pantyhose. My clothing limited, my bows, my ribbons, my hose. Just for you, my stockings are there, they're there on the chair with my legs now so bare. So bare to see, so bare to touch, so bare to feel with pantyhose gone. I'm your curly toes in pink ribbons and bows and just for you, no pantyhose. No pantyhose? You said it right, no pantyhose. You call me your cutie in pantyhose. You call me your woman in ribbons and bows. I'm your woman, your woman, in ribbons and bows. I'm your woman, your woman, in black pantyhose. It's ribbons and bows and black pantyhose for my man who's a ten and I call it old Ben. He's the greatest of men, my dear little Ben the greatest of men. A mighty fine show for a mighty fine man. Man, that was a very special recording. I, you probably never heard that before. I, because I have not aired that before. That was Lola Bell Pancake. She is my agent. And I found that one. It's a very old recording that she made. I, I, I had to go into my sub-basement to, to get that one. Now, yes, I have a sub-basement. I live in a bunker on Springdale Avenue in East Orange. But I do have a sub-basement, which means I have a basement. So I'm in a bunker, and I have a basement, and I have a sub-basement. Of course, the sub-basement is a fallout shelter. I built it in 1952 to protect against radiation fallout when a Russian atomic bomb lands in East Orange. Maybe you're old enough to remember duck and cover. Well, I didn't think ducking and covering was good enough. I like burrow and stay there. So I keep the fallout shelter well stocked just in case the Ruskies get belligerent and launch a missile headed here. They're probably aiming at New York, but uh, those Reds, they're so drunk on vodka, they'll probably miss, and they'll hit East Orange. So in my fallout shelter, I have uh, some very special 70 RPM records, like that one, as recorded by my agent, Lola Bell Pancake, when she was a Floridora girl back in the 1930s. Ah, she was one hot patootie then. She was hot, and now she's sort of lukewarm. Well, at least she's not room temperature. Anyway, the song is called Black pantyhose, and she sang it uh, to her manager, Ben Eisenglass, uh, with whom she carried on a secret affair for 29 years. And the affair was so secret, even Ben didn't know about it. And when he found out from a mutual friend, uh, Ben confronted Lola Bell, and she loudly denied that she'd been having a secret affair with him. Then Ben's wife found out about it, but it turned out his Ben's wife had been having a secret affair with Lola Bell. That uh, was so secret that Lola Bell didn't even know about it. Though those were different times, the different taboos. People were more circumspect back then than they are today. They, back then they could carry on affairs with people who were unaware 
that they were involved in affairs until someone came to serve them with the divorce notices or until they read about it in the newspapers. Well, anyway, uh, that was Black Pantyhose by Lola Bell Pancake. Before that, we heard from uh, Bessie Smith with the worn-out Papa Blues, and uh, Ethel Waters did uh, shake that thing. Well, I've only got ten minutes left. This is the old codger, Courtney T. Edison. You can write me letters here at the radio station, and I promise to write back to you. Just please put stamps on those letters when you send them. I don't like having to pay postage due for correspondence that you are sending to me. Anyway, we got some more fine uh, 70 RPM records right here. Here's one from Louis Armstrong. Gives a chill, I feel such a thrill, my feet won't keep still when they swing that music. Rhythm like that puts me in a trance. Or you can't blame me for wanting to dance. From what I understand, it must be just grand to play in a band when they swing that music. I'm just happy as can be when they swing that music for me.
out of here. My, my nerves are getting gotten on. Yeah, that was Whisper and Jack Smith and Crazy Rhythm. Uh, the Williams sisters did Sam, the old accordion man, and uh, uh, Louis Armstrong with Swing That Music. Thanks to the miracle of time travel, courtesy of the Del Barton Diversified Time Machine, we have been listening to an old Codger radio show from December 11th, 2007. We now return you to the present 
and Hardy White's Miracle Nutrition here on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in New York City and Rockland County at 91.9 FM and online at WFMU.org. Oh, my friends, it's time for a vacation. Don't you need a break from things? Let's relax together. Now, breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, go ahead and breathe. Don't. See, you're so used to waiting for people to tell you what to do, you almost stopped breathing. Don't do that. I'm just giving you a serving suggestion for oxygen. You breathe how you want to breathe. But let us go on a vacation together because being a human being is difficult. I always think it's like a game show. Not the old kind of game show where Dorothy Kilgallen would say, Are you in the entertainment industry or a politician? But the kind that I believe has a Japanese origin where they say, now, you're going to have to go take this egg and put it in that cup. And you say, well, that seems easy enough. While we throw grapefruits at your head, all right, and you're walking on Crisco or something, all right, and also stinging insects. That's what it's like to be a human being. You may think you have a clear goal, but, oh, it's complicated by all these things. You have to do it in a storm. What if you had to do one of those jigsaw puzzles that y'all love in a windstorm and then some of the pieces are missing and it's not a jigsaw puzzle and you're not even, and you don't even have hands. Well, maybe it's not that difficult. Some people seem to have a handle on it, but I have never really gotten the hang of being a human being. Not that I've been anything else or would want to be necessarily. I don't want to be anything that's not a human being. They have struggles that are even greater. I've seen those nature shows where A crab has to swim out in the ocean just to get to its family or something, and there's seagulls that are going to pluck it up and and dash it against the rocks. And you think, well, why do I even bother? Well, because you're a contestant on this game show. All right, crab, go out there and try while seagulls nip at your head. But today I thought that we would go on a little break from being human. Last week, We went on a break from time, and we stepped out of time. That's always a relief. I like to do that. Then I don't have to look in the mirror and say, what is happening to my face? And why do my hands hurt? And why does everything hurt? You see, you can only get so many steroid shots in your joints, you know, and then the rest of it you sort of have to bear. You can't get one in your soul necessarily, can you? Could you give me one, Hardy White? I don't have anything to give. I'm sorry. It's like one of those things where you find out, that maybe all the people following you on social media aren't famous. And you think, well, what can they do for me? I'm not exactly sure what I can do for you, but you never know. I may have some ingredient that you need to complete a recipe, and I may be willing to trade it for some other ingredient in that recipe, therefore setting you into one of those terrible, ironic uh, fairy tales that we had to grow up with. Gift of the Magi or something. Here's your comb. Give me your hair. So that's what I'm saying to you today is that uh, let's not have a need for a comb or hair. How are you going to do that? Well, come with me. We're going to go on a trip. We're going to go on a little vacation. And I'm going to bring you back in an hour. All you have to give me is an hour. And then I'm going to return it. It's like when you rent one of those luggage lockers at the Kyoto train station or something. You put in your, your, your gold John Wick coin, and then you get it back at the end. Maybe not all of it. I don't know how that works exactly. And there's a bite out of it, because there's a little bit of a fee for storing it. Well, I'm going to take some of that time that you'll never get back, but most of it you will. What's an hour in an entire lifetime? It is a percentage, but it's got so many zeros there in front of it that it's negligible. You can't really waste time. Can you? Yes. Well, can you? Yes. Just uh, just keep asking. As long as you keep asking, I will never be wrong. (laughs) Once the answer is arrived at, then I'm I'm decidedly incorrect. So come with me. Where are we going to start? Where's the trip start, Hardy? Gosh, you're awfully anxious. Should we do the breathing thing again? I don't know. 
maybe breathing slowly isn't the answer. Sometimes if you breathe rapidly into a bag, it has the same effect. Let us begin in the sky. Let us begin as vapor. We are vapor in the sky. We are clouds. Can you do that? I don't know. Try. Imagine that we are vapor in the clouds. If you can go somewhere beyond imagination, that would be lovely if you could actually physically do I don't know if any of you can manifest your thoughts immediately into reality. I've been trying to do that. I'm not, oh, I've gotten so many books on it, but I don't know if it's possible. Right now, I just have to sort of pretend, and I don't mind pretending. I did a lot of it as a child, and I found it very effective. And if you count pretending, oh, oh, the, the, the situations I've been in, certainly have been to war, but only in an empty lot in a cul-de-sac in a, in a in suburban neighborhood. But I felt threatened. And sometimes I really was, you know? I remember one time I was out there, we were playing war, we had dug a ditch. Playing war? I don't know. That's something we did as kids. You know, I believe it was Hogan's Heroes. I thought I saw too much Hogan's Heroes. And uh, not that there was any kind of active combat in that. It was mostly costumes and comedy. That's the kind of war. Give me that kind of war. So, no, don't. How about none? But we were playing it, and I remember I got, uh, I got stung by something. Something stung my hand, bit it real bad. And I remember I felt, I was like, this is it, y'all. This is it. Thank you. I wanted to, I wish I could be there when, when we achieve victory. But instead, this Saddleback Caterpillar has uh, stung my hand, and I got to go crying to my granny. Uh, Please put something on it. And then she'd rub, I don't know, Vicks Vapor Rub on it or something. She rubbed everything, that on everything, including ham. I don't know if that's an Irish thing, but uh, we're going to imagine we're in the clouds now that we are vapor, just vapor. Mmm, I'm vapor. I, I hope somebody with allergies doesn't inhale me therapeutically. No, you're way up here in the clouds. Nobody's going to do that. That's another thing that my my mother and my grandmother had that. It was a, a st- face steamer. You ever seen one of those? You say, oh, don't you? There's other things that you usually steam, like cloth. Do you steam cloth? Rice, stamps off of envelopes. That might be another Hogan's Heroes thing. But I didn't realize you also steamed your face. And I don't know if that's still a thing. But it would be like a, uh, a face that you put your face in it. I can't describe it. It looked like a blender, maybe almost. And you stick your face. Don't stick your face in an actual blender. And Hardy told me to. I did not. So it was when you stick your face in, and then the, the steam builds up. And it fires steam up under your face. And what's supposed to happen is your, your, your pores open up. And then when your pores open up, they release toxins. I'm making quote marks because I don't know that there's actually, you know, lots of toxins. Maybe there are. 